from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Now we have the pleasure of introducing Esme Raji Podell, an author, passionate teacher, and certified radiologist who's written several books for children, young adults, parents, and educators, among them, Educating Esme, Diary of a Teacher's First Year. She writes a popular blog called The Planet Esme Book a Day Blog. This is very interesting. She explores and critiques children's literature and runs a literary salon for parents and teachers. Her personal philosophy? Children's trade literature is our best hope for equalizing education in America. Esme lives, writes, and teaches in Chicago, Illinois. Please welcome to the stage Esme Raji Kodel. <laughs> Hello. So wonderful to be here today and to see all of you here at the National Book Festival. How are you holding up? Woo! I'm glad you still have some energy because I am here today because there is a wonderful birthday coming up. And I am here to celebrate that birthday with you a few days in advance. The is it Clifford? Uh-uh, it's not Clifford. <laughs> but you're right. It does have something to do with something red. How many of you like apples? How many of you like red apples? How many of you like green apples? How many of you like purple apples? There's no such thing, at least as far as I know. Who said Johnny Appleseed? You did? Come on out. Come on up. I don't want to do this all by myself. I'll come to you. What do you know about Johnny Appleseed? Your nephew's doing a countdown for his birthday. Do you know when his birthday is? She said if I go on Facebook, I could tell you. You need to get to the digital uh, bookmobile, I think. John Chapman's birthday, Johnny Appleseed's birthday is is coming up on September 26th. And in my home, John Chapman's birthday is a high holy day. It is a very, very special festive day in my home. We bake as many apple pies as we can, and we put a big fat candle in the middle of an apple pie, and we sing a happy birthday to Johnny Appleseed. We also sing another jo Johnny Appleseed song. How m maybe some of you know it. La, 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 oh, the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. Amen. Woo-woo. Now, I, I hope Disney doesn't sue me. We're with the Library of Congress, and I'm going to give proper um, annotations. That song belongs to Disney. If you come from not a Lord is good to me family, you can say the earth is good to me. But I think the most important thing is that we remember to celebrate this great man. I love Johnny Appleseed so much, and I am a Chicago public school teacher. Yeah, woo-woo! Union, union, okay. So 
I really enjoy Johnny Appleseed so much, the other teachers say to me, well, why don't you marry him then? Well, he's dead, so I can't marry Johnny Appleseed, but I, I read Johnny Appleseed books to my students, and I could not find a Johnny Appleseed book that really shared what I had to share about John Chapman, Johnny Appleseed. The way I present it to my students is the same way we're going to experience it in this book. I think of the five footsteps that John Chapman left to us to fill, both as American citizens and as citizens of the world. And those five footsteps are use what you have, share what you have, respect nature, try to make peace where there is war, and you can reach your destination by taking small steps. Uh, the idea of Johnny Appleseed that's important to me isn't who was Johnny Appleseed, but why is he important to kids today? Why is he important to you and you and you? Why should you know who Johnny Appleseed is? And the answer has to do with these five footsteps. Why is he important? Yes. You are exactly right. What is your name, dear? Jonah. Jonah is exactly right. He planted many apple seeds that planted many trees. But I think also by looking at a hero like John Chapman, Johnny Appleseed, we can see that all of our heroes don't have to come off of television screens or video screens. They come from great biography. And I hope that you'll enjoy this one. I'm going to share with you now this story, Seed by Seed, The Legend and Legacy of John Appleseed Chapman. When we look out of our windows, what do we see? Tall buildings, stores, and parking lots, buses and cars speeding by, red lights and green lights, and yellow lights and white lights. Our country is hard and electrical and moving. But it was not always this way. Once, it was a tangle, a tangle, a tangle of roots and branches and wide tree trunks. Once, you could not hear the engines of airplanes in the sky or the sounds of phones ringing. Maybe you could catch the creaking of a wagon wheel straining against the ruts in the road or the fall of an axe against wood the bark of a dog, the crackle of a campfire, the chattering of squirrels, the pecking of a sapsucker, the slapping of water against a riverbank, or the sound of the play of leaves turning silver-gray-green in the breeze, a shh, like whispered secrets for the bees to carry off. Can you help me make that sound, children? Shh. I'm a school librarian. I love the sound of that. The moon, the moon, it shone on the snow until the land glowed like a pearl. The stars glinted in the sky and the candles flickered from their lamps. And in this quiet, tree-bough tangled world, the world before the cement was poured and the lights turned on, there lived a man of his time, John Chapman, better known as Johnny Appleseed. The tales of Johnny Appleseed 
are three parts legend, one part fact, stories we're not sure are true. But the man, John Chapman, he was real. He was born on September 26, 1774, in Massachusetts. He never drove a car or sent a basketball flying through a hoop. He never acted in front of a camera. He never wore a medal. He grew apples, and he offered them to the pioneers heading west. But wait, so what? A farmer. Why should we remember him today, more than 200 years later, and call him a hero? I will whisper the answer to you, a secret silver gray green. He lived by example. And the many footsteps he took across the frontier in his bare and knobby feet, he left five of us to fill. Use what you have, share what you have. Respect nature, try to make peace where there is war and you can reach your destination by taking small steps. No one is certain why he began his work of planting trees. He claimed the spirits and angels told him to be a messenger of peace and grace the way to the West with an offering of fruit. What we do know is that by doing the same small act of planting seeds every day, Johnny Appleseed changed the landscape of our nation, seed by seed, deed by deed. What examples did he plant for us? Use what you have. Most apples around the start of the 19th century were grown for making cider. John Chapman started his nurseries of apple trees by obtaining apple seeds from owners of cider presses in western Pennsylvania who were just going to throw the seeds away. Chapman, dressed in coffee and potato sacks, or wore used clothing given to him by people trading for his trees. Some say he carried his tin cooking pot on his head like a hat, but he had a style all his own. Share what you have. Chapman was rich in coin and rich in friends. He sold and traded trees to pioneers, but if a person could not afford them, Chapman would still allow that person to take the saplings and pay when he or she was able. Does anyone know what a sapling is? Yes? It means like it's a baby. It's a young tree. That's right. Very good. Chapman had 11 brothers and sisters. How many of you have a brother or sister? How many of you have two brothers or sisters? How many of you have 11 brothers or sisters? Both hands up. Kudos to your mom. They helped one another out when they could. What, honey? He made a fire? Yes, he tells stories. I'll get to that page next. Besides his love of apples, Chapman also had a strong affection for reading, especially books by a religious man named Manuel Swedenborg, who preached love, tolerance, and faith. It's said that John Chapman used his open shirt as a pouch to carry his books, it's also said he ripped books into chapters in order to circulate them between the settlers. He liked to gather children and families around him and delight them with a story time with news right fresh from heaven. In this way, he was the frontier's first librarian. So imagine that. He has a book, and there are not many books in these times in America, and he rips it. 
He rips it into chapters and passes them around. Respect nature. John Chapman lived most of his life outdoors. He was a vegetarian and also had a vast knowledge of herbs and their uses. Besides planting apples, John Chapman liked to plant fennel, a bulb that smells strongly of licorice that he believed had medicinal powers. In some parts of the country, this fast-spreading plant is still called Johnny Weed. It's said he lived in peace with the animals. Legend has it that he released a wolf from a trap, and a long time afterward, the wolf tamely followed him wherever he went. Once, he slept at one end of a log with a bear and her cub at the other. Another time when he noticed that his campfire was singeing the wings of mosquitoes, he doused the flames in order to save the insects. When he saw that an animal was being abused, he would buy that animal, nurse that animal back to health, and find it a good home. The only animal he was known to have killed was a... Do you know what animal? Yes? Jonah's on it again. It was a snake, a rattlesnake. Though he acted in self-defense, he was said to have always felt badly for have taken that life, for having taken that life. The Native Americans respected him for his spiritual bond with his surroundings and his kinship that, with all that grew and lived. I think this is my favorite spread in the book. Try to make peace where there is war. John Chapman moved freely between Native American and pioneer communities, and he was trusted by both. He warned each side of the other's impending attack, usually by walking through the room and reciting a mysterious rhyme. I sow while others reap. Be sure my warning keep. That means when he heard from the Native Americans that they were going to fight with the settlers, he told them, and the other way around. It wasn't quite tattling. It was making sure everyone stayed safe. John Chapman journeyed hundreds of miles across state lines on his own two feet or by canoe in the waterways, planting and maintaining his tree nurseries over 100,000 square miles. His trees flowered and fruited across the Ohio River Valley, and they were shared and carried off to homesteads far and wide. He grew so many apples that chances are any apple that you eat today is from a descendant of a tree planted by Johnny Appleseed. After catching pneumonia, which is like a horrible cough and cold, during an especially cold winter in 1845, John Chapman passed away. His sweet spirit lives on in the apples we eat and in the seeds we plant to make our country and our world a better place. Seed by seed, deed by deed, Johnny Appleseed changed the landscape of a nation. And now it's your turn, one small deed every day. What seed will you plant? And that's the story of Seed by Seed, Johnny Appleseed. Thank you. One part of the story that is very interesting to me 
is the idea of a legend. We're not really sure how much of the story of John Chapman is really true. We don't know if he really wore a pot on his head or if he really kept a wolf for a pet. But it's interesting to think about what's true and what's made up. I wrote this book because, for me, reading out loud is one seed we can plant every day that will change the landscape of our country. And I hope you enjoy planting the seed to read. Thank you for your kind attention today. Thank you. We have time for questions and answers. Any questions? Yes. What's your name, dear? What is it? Jave. Thank you. What's your question? Um, was slaves there with Johnny Appleseed? Uh, that is a great question. Was slavery around during the time of Johnny Appleseed? And the answer to that is yes. There were slaves during the time of John Chapman. However, John Chapman did not have any slaves. He did not keep people in those horrible conditions. In fact, he wasn't really involved in that because he was also part of the northern part of the United States where most African Americans would have been freed around then. Uh, he also, I think the main focus of his activity was with the Native Americans, and some people thought he may have had a Native American wife, but we're not sure. Any other questions? Yes. Um. Um, I've never had a purple apple. You have never had a purple apple. What kind of apples have you had? Um, green and red. Green and red. Has anyone had a yellow apple before? Those are very good too. And I don't mean to hurt Johnny Appleseed's feelings, but if you want to make a really good apple pie, you can add a pear or two into the mix and it's extra good. There is a recipe on the last page of the book. It's a very simple recipe for your own apple pie as well. Yes, sir. How many brothers did Johnny Appleseed have or That's need? a really good question. You know, I would have to double check my sources. I'm pretty sure there were six, but I'm not positive. I might have to go back to the library to check. Or you can go and you can beat me to it. One thing I know is that one of his brothers came to live with him in the woods and helped him with his orchards a lot. Maybe that's a good subject for another book from the brother's point of view. Good idea, kid. Uh, where's microphone guy? Okay. Oh, a grown-up. Hi, grown-up. Hi, it's Amanda uh, Mesne. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a children's librarian in Alexandria, and I've read Educating Esme a number of times, enjoyed it a great deal. I was wondering from your perspective what the advantages and disadvantages are of switching from being a teacher to a librarian. Oh, um, the question is the advantages and disadvantages of I used to be a fifth grade teacher with the Chicago Public Schools, and now I'm a school librarian with the Chicago Public Schools. I still teach as a school librarian. We don't just check out books at my school library. We teach children's literature. So I didn't find a whole lot of difference, except I did not have to focus on testing as much and could focus on the best kind of things that children need. 
Clap louder. Clap so they can hear you on Capitol Hill. I, I went to work as a school librarian so I could perpetually focus on best practices. And if you are interested in that, please visit my website, planetesme.com, where I have uh, lots of recommendations for great new children's books to help you become a supporting character in a child's reading life story, and also all sorts of rabble-rousing you grown-ups will enjoy. Yes. Hi, I, I'm a teacher who's going to be um, this year in my district, instead of teaching children, I'm working with new teachers, and I want to use your book, Educating Esme, and there's so many tips in the back. If I could only give them one tip for the entire year, which one of your tips in the back of the book would you say I should use with them? Uh, tip, uh, tip for what? Teaching, you have in the back of the book teaching tips, different things that you recommend, you know, being consistent, reading aloud, all those different things you have in the back of the okay. book, what would you say? Well, I would say reading aloud is the most important thing you could do, but I would also say for teachers, the most important thing you could do is come to the position with something unique you have to share that totally belongs to you, not necessarily the curriculum. Just like John Chapman had something that really belonged to him and he focused on it, you may have a heart for music, for architecture, for photography, for cooking. Bring your passion to the classroom and you can infuse it in others. For parents, I would say the best thing you can do is read aloud, of course, consistently every day. And I'd also like to mention something that is very uh, popular in Scandinavian countries. Turn on the closed captioning of your television set all the time. Children in European countries don't read until they're about eight years old and they still have wonderful scores and wonderful achievement because they still have more exposure to print. Use that closed captioning feature. If we can't escape screens, let's at least get them on our side. Right, one more. We have time for one more. You know what your question is? Great question. Why do, um, why do um, they need purple apples? Why do, why do they need purple apples? Why do they need purple apples? We need every kind of fruit to make a salad. And if you can find a purple apple, please email me at planetesme.com where you can also email me with all your questions about reading, Johnny Appleseed, and all things fun. Thank you again for your kind time this afternoon, guys. Thank you. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.